that's the social media trend. You got to be, you got to be careful with who you follow in there. You know, you ever get a, you ever get a big account that follows you and then you look and they follow everyone. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, special. Oh, what? How are you following a hundred thousand people? And I thought this was going to be a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's you're just another loser. They're trying to collect. You're just a part of the marketing. I'm just another. Are you recording this? Oh my God, Peter, we're in. Uh, I had another weekend at Effie's. <laughs> your your face is smiling, but there's a deadness behind the eyes you think that so? I'm noticing. You think so? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't feel dead behind the eyes. I think I just might be too stoned, Peter. I've that been, could be it, too. I've actually had a very pleasant week. I had a very pleasant weekend. And we even had a lasagna friends night last night that the power was going out at uh, AJ's friend's house. And so we got... We were the we were the volunteers for the lasagna night, so it was very nice. I ate lasagna. I feel good. Beauty. That's all you did is eat lasagna. I, honest to God, they kept going to the roof, having drinks, they're having fun. I was just eating lasagna. Very good. They added a spicy breakfast sausage in the lasagna, it made it very interesting. I love pasta dishes. I love lasagna. I love ricotta cheese. I love uh, sprinkled cheese, uh, pasta. I love all of it, and. We're going to get into that this weekend, my digestive system is going to be put to the test because I'm going back to Vegas this weekend, upcoming for four days. I'm going to Vegas for four days and I'm there for four days, Peter. I have four matches in a 24 hour period. So, and I, I believe it may be even less than 24 hours. I have these four matches. I've won at what I think to be around midnight. Friday night into Saturday. I've won at noon on Saturday morning. I've won at 4 p.m. on Saturday afternoon and have won at 8 p.m. on Saturday night. All of those times are a little give and take. I don't know where I'm at on the card. But then Sunday morning, we're going to do a bussy meet and greet at 11 a.m. So really, it's like, then you're thinking like, oh, well, what we can meet bussy at the shows. Yeah, but to meet post-Vegas, end of the trip, after four matches, Effie, that's a real miraculous thing to be able to witness so i hope you'll be there it's at a toy store i tweeted about it it's at a toy store it's at a toy store we're doing a meet and greet at a toy store we have a lot of cool collectibles always get to check out the toys and soon i will be a toy peter we're going to talk about that i will be a toy multiple times and i know you're going major bendies and i'm going yeah and you're going figure collectibles and i'm going yeah but there's more to it lots more to it now i have to take you for this weekend peter i have to go all the way back to thursday because I went on a date on Thursday with my lovely partner, AJ Benny, and we went to the Botanical Garden here in Atlanta. I I'd never that. been. Oh, it's, it's good. I like it. It was incredible. People and shit on it, which I don't understand. That's, if you have a negative opinion about a botanical garden, that's on you, buddy. That's flowers and art, and you're mad about it? Come on. Yeah, the, the, they're doing the origami, like the, the giant it's beautiful. origami. Giant metal origami. But they've also left a few of the glass pieces in there from last year's thing. I think it's sort of like when you collect something off your dead enemies. You know, like I'm going to take his dog tags. You just kind of leave one to remind people like, there used to be a lot more of you art out here. But now, now we're only keeping this one. The rest of you back to the warehouse. But the origami stuff is massive. And even, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we were like, oh, what it, do you think they'll be selling origami stuff in the gift shop? They were. They had miniatures of some of these statues, and they were only four to $6,000 for a small statue oh version. Oh, my God. And I just imagine, like, the Atlanta elite woman who's there, and she's having her cocktail, and she's walking around, and she's like, Barry, I think we need an origami piece for the house. And that's why I love estate sales, because all that shit that you held on to, it now goes back into the ether, and we all get a chance to have it for less than ideal prices. But either way, Botanical Garden, beautiful. We're having a beautiful day. Uh, Benny moved forward with his new job, and he oh, found wonderful. out while we were at the Botanical Garden, which is lovely to find out, right? But second to that, there was a big announcement while I was at the Botanical Garden. And at first, I was like, I think I'm allowed to retweet this. I didn't see my name involved in it at all. But Dead End Paranormal Park has been announced for Netflix for June 16th. And I'm going to be honest, Peter, I'm smiling here, but also I'm not that involved in the first season. I have to be completely honest. There are two confirmed seasons of the show. I can't even really get into the depth of uh, the meaning and how excited I am for this. 
because I mean, you know, Peter, uh, more about, you know, sort of the situation just because I get excited. But the character that I am portraying is quite literally a perfect character to the point when they gave me the part, I said, did I even audition or was this just sort of gifted to me from hell? And they were like, oh, no, you auditioned. You beat many actors. You were the best one for this. So I don't know. It feels a little too... uh, feels a little too close, but shout out to Hamish Steele. It was a, a little on the nose when you told me about it. It's like on the nose. Five years ago, because we've been <laughs> yeah. like sitting on this for a while. Yeah, five years ago when you found out. Uh, but I will be portraying this character. It will be uh, a little more in the season two realm. There's a little more story there. And the real secret that I'm very excited about is someone who y'all know pretty well, who's come out every now and then, might be showing up as a voice, too, of an alternate character. And he might be air being regular, all regular Jeff. We're going to find out now. But I got the announcement there. And the way my day was scheduled, we were going to the botanical park early because my flight out was late. And Peter, I texted you a few times during this weekend. And I'm going to try not to sound like, you know, your great aunt at church talking about the miracles of Jesus. But from this moment forward, when it was announced that Taylor Effie Gibson, which that's my official SAG after a union name to be used across the ether. So I'm both Taylor Gibson and Effie legally. Weird stuff started happening. Now, we left the Botanical Garden. It was beautiful. We went and had a, a nice Mexican meal at La Fonda. If you've never been to La Fonda, it's fantastic. Very fresh, very good uh, Mexican adventure. But at that point, I said, it's time to get on the train. So I get on the train and I head towards the airport. And this is this is going to come with a secondary story that I think is very interesting. And I think pops it on the nose a little more. First, I ran into the former Damien Mizdow, Damien Sandow, Aaron Stevens, who now works at NWA. And we know each other, but it's good to see people at the airport. And I didn't think too much of it. But he apparently is going to be moving to the Atlanta area, so I look forward to that. But then I did what I usually do at the airport, Peter. I checked my bag, I walked outside, and I smoked a full adult cigarette before I'm going to walk through TSA and deal with it. Because I was, I, I'm always a little bit earlier than I even think, and I live by the airport. So it's like, I shouldn't be that early. Now, I walk back in to the airport. I am a little bit floating on the clouds. And I see someone boot scooting towards me at a at a ridiculous speed and that man is michael p.s hayes now you may not be familiar with michael p.s hayes he is a former member of the back in the day badass heel tag team the fabulous freebirds they were from bad street atlanta ga they were one of the first teams to use theme music when they were coming out he was very much a peacock in his day and they had long storied feuds with the Von Erics, who were like the whitest meat baby faces of Texas. They all ended up dying. It's a long story. Very interesting. I think there's one of them that's still alive. Uh, Bam Bam Terry Gordy has passed away. There were other members along the lines of the Freebirds. But the leader of the Freebirds was Michael P.S. Hayes. And Michael P.S. Hayes, this isn't the first time that we've met. And that's why I thought this was kind of a weird happenstance. Because the first time we met was back in 2011. And what I used to do is me and my friends would get hired by the arenas for cash to go set up for events like Cirque du Soleil. I think they did Taylor Swift one time, but obviously we were there because it's like you get to do setup on SmackDown and Raw tapings. And so you're just there hanging out, putting together everything while wrestlers are around. And you're like, this is crazy. This is cool. So one time we finished setup and the manager there, whose name was not Chuck, but Chuck's. And no one knows why. And like I don't, nunchucks? Yeah, like nunchucks. Chucks. He said, y'all go home. You're good. I said, okay. We're going to come back for teardown, which is after the show. We get home. We smoke an adult cigarette, a large one, a blunt. And so we're pretty ripped. And then we get a frantic call from Chucks. And he says, you got to be back here and you got to go to ringside. They need your help. We're like trying to play it cool. We're like, we'll head back. So we head back. We are zooted. And... They say, you got to go down to ringside and you got to go find Michael P.S. Hayes. Nowadays, he works as a producer and agent for WWE. He's one of their longest term uh, agents on the road that helps out with matches and TV and all sorts of stuff. They say, you got to go talk to Michael P.S. Hayes at ringside. He needs your help. I said, okay. So we're pretty stoned. We go down there. Go, hi, Mr. P.S. Hayes. And I need you to also understand, the man wears a zoot suit like 90% of the time now. 
and has big fake teeth and a and a fanny pack. No offense, I'm gonna have big fake teeth as soon as I can. Like, trust me, this isn't a this isn't an attack. I said, Mr. Hayes, they said you need us down at ringside. And he looks at me and my friends, which I believe priors, Alex Koss was with me at the time, and our friend Walter. And he said, What the hell would I need y'all for? Get out of here. You don't even need to be down here. And I'm going, what in the hell? And so as I am smoking this joint again, as I am leveling up in my wrestling career and fame, I walk back into this airport and he is doot, doot, dooting down the hall towards me. We do a little head nod walk and he heads straight into TSA pre and I was like, Peter, what is happening? Am I having to confront every part of my past that I'm living through? All right. And I will confront even more of it here momentarily because I got to my gate, Peter. And really, I got to tell you again, ever since me and the TSA made up, they're great. I love them. I love all TSA I agents. I love this new attitude about the There's TSA. There's so much fun. We always look at each other now and we go, oh, these people don't know how to get through security. And we joke about it. And they always walk me through just the metal detector because they know I'm tired of being x-rayed. I get to my flight and, I'm, and I thought it was weird, the timing on the flight, because it was like take off at 5.30, land at 8.30 Chicago time. Well, yeah, it's weird because we had a stop in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Peter. Do you know where I was born, Peter? I was born in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So now, as I am rehashing through my life in this beautiful Gemini season, I am going to my place of birth on a flight to Chicago. The flight from Atlanta to Chicago, pretty easy, but Southwest, very confusing sometimes. We flew right into Myrtle Beach, and now I got to do the trick. With Southwest, you pick your seat. They don't pick it for you. You just get in line, and the seat you get is the seat you get. And I kind of had to do the trick of... Are y'all going to Chicago or are y'all going to Myrtle Beach? Because if they're going to Myrtle Beach, they're going to get out and I'm going to take the good seat because the bad seats are all that's left by the time I get on the plane. And I picked the right one and I sat next to an old man and he got right off in Myrtle Beach. I got my window seat. I was chilling, but I'm sitting here going, this is just what a strange life. What a strange bird. And I finally made it to Chicago and thank God for Trevor Outlaw. Trevor uh, picked me up and we actually went to see his new place, which he was living at a pretty sweet little place in Chicago, uh, over near Midway. But the new place he got is like, uh, I don't want to call it a sex dungeon. It's like, um, it's like someone from Silicon Valley would live there. It's like this massive, so a sex dungeon, a sex dungeon. He also has like a secret, uh, bookcase wall with a full extra bedroom his upstairs this is what's crazy the whole house is sick it has a hibachi grill it has a full walk-in shower bathtub like it's insane walk-in closets but you go upstairs and you're like why is this floor grass and why is there areas to hang a sex swing and a tv and why is there a garage door well you open the garage door it's a fully opening like go out on the porch the whole thing turns into an open porch it's grass it's crazy it's like the party spot it's a party spot and it was sick it's a very beautiful place he's not completely moved in yet so we did not stay there but it was wonderful to get to see that we ran a few errands we made it back and we actually i think we just went to bed like honestly i was like i'm done i'm tired i've confronted too much of my reality today but early as soon as i woke up your boy bk brian keith the bounty himself shows up and there's one thing I love about Brian Keith. Brian Keith smokes as much as I smoke. And so Trevor is coming back from a knee injury and he said, guys, I've got the whole day off. Freelance show doesn't even start till 8 PM. He said, I got the whole day off, but I got to go first to, uh, I got to go to PT. I said, okay. So it's just me and Brian Keith. We wake up We're like, dude, we should go on a journey today. He said, yeah. I said, what should we do? said, I don't know. So I started looking around and I go, wait a second. Chicago has a free zoo, a free zoo, the Lincoln Park Zoo. He's like, we should go to that zoo. And I was like, is is it just former new metal vans hanging out? Yes. Well, you know, they put up a big picture of this dude with a top hat and a like a chin beard at the Lincoln Park Zoo. And I was really confused because I was like, where's Chester Bennington? Like honor his legacy. Who is this steam pipe hat guy? Apparently, that's a president that got killed or something. I don't know. I only know certain presidents. I didn't know this one. Big old tall dude. He was a wrestler, too. Who knows? So we go to the Lincoln Park Zoo. The gay one? The gay one, yeah. The log cabin guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And literally, everybody's saying he's gay, and I'm going, not with that facial hair, honey. That's a real... Maybe there's just a deep closet there for him to hide in, in that stovetop hat or whatever he's wearing. Do you know that uh, uh, his wife was haunted by his ghost? After he was assassinated, 
Really? And I mean, he didn't want her when he was alive, and he won't leave her alone when he's yeah, dead. Exactly. It's real tragic. <laughs> that poor woman dealt with so much. I love the way they write. You know, you can go back, and there's plenty of homosexuals throughout time, and they always write that they have a nice friend that they live with. Yeah. And the way they describe this motherfucker, they're like, "Yeah, she didn't hang out too much, but he was always with his bros." And you're like, "Yeah, of course he was." But then I think about it too, and it's like. Are you going to spend two hours taking off all this thick fabric and corsets to get to what you want? Or are you just going to tell your boys, you know, let's go down and swim in the river? I don't know. It's a weird time. Lincoln Park Zoo. We we gather up and we get ready. As soon as he gets out of PT, we're like, Trevor, we're going to the zoo. So we ride up there. Now, there's not much sun out until we pull into the zoo. And then the sun is perfect and it comes out and it's the middle of the day and we are now time it's time to see animals okay a lot of people have mixed feelings about zoos and here's what i'll say i saw at least four species in that zoo that can't even live in the world anymore because the humans have taken their taken their habitat they've taken their habitat from them so a lot of these zoos are based in education and based in conservation efforts and there are a lot of bad zoos in america Lincoln Park Zoo, not one of those zoos. The zoo is awesome. And what I like, too, is since they're not charging admission, they kind of, uh, they're kind of they a little more low-key about their animals. They're sort of like, some of them are here. Some of them are chilling. We can't really force them to perform. You didn't even pay to come in. And you're like, that's fine with me. Like, that's okay. First animal we run into, though, polar bears. Have you ever seen a polar bear in real life? I have. They're crazy. They're gigantic. They're white. They swim. This polar bear was doing tricks, too. This polar bear knew. Like, as soon as people came up, started doing swim tricks, started jawing his head in the air, started going wild. We got to see the gorillas, not the band. They are coming to Atlanta, though, in October. And I asked AJ, I said, do you want to go see the gorillas? And he said, not really. <laughs> so I said, might be going to that with somebody else. We'll, we'll be okay. But these are real gorillas, like the primates that are very related to us. And... The gorillas are fun, but the chimpanzees are almost a little more fun. And one of them even ate a piece of poop for us. I was hoping so. Because, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's so gross. Monkeys eat poop. But I think they're doing the thing where they're like, oh, y'all want to look at us? Well, look at us do disgusting shit and leave. We don't want you in our house anymore. And so I kind of like honor and respect that of like, I'd rather eat shit than look at you people. Because a lot of the people will see it and go like, oh, we got to get out of here. Oh, no. That, that chimp is smarter than all of us. It's our closest relative, right? I once took uh, LSD and went to the zoo, which is a terrible idea. Don't I just I like it's to not the move. Check it off my list, you know. Uh, and uh, the person I was with going to the zoo also took some LSD with me, <laughs> and we just started talking shit about the pandas, and they just said out of nowhere, like, "Yeah, they're just these big." dumb satanic animals and i was like a hundred percent and so we <laughs> the very last stop of our visit that day was the panda exhibition which in atlanta they make a big we have yeah, like yeah, some yeah. baby pandas it and, all leads to the pandas yeah and uh, <laughs> we walk in there after this big buildup of you know the dumb satanic panda and the main one is just sitting there eating its own shit and we're like yep <laughs> there you go <laughs> i love it they're lazy they chill but if i was a panda in a zoo like i wouldn't be like trying to show off for you i'd be like get out of my space i'm trying to nap why y'all watching me they are possibly the dumbest animal like they literally have no interest in procreating it's almost like they want to be an endangered species i've also been told that the food they eat, the bamboo that they eat, doesn't actually give them much nutritional benefit. So they're really always working at a deficit. And they're sort of just like, probably should die out. Like maybe, like, humans are real about saving animals now. Some humans are real about saving animals now. A lot of these animals don't really want to be saved, you know? It's kind of like, it's 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 a Terry Shivo at the zoo kind of situation. Are we far enough removed for me to say that? Yes. They should have let that woman go. She can respond to lights. No, she can't. Let her go. It actually recently came out that it was her family and not her husband that was uh, pushing for um Yeah, the husband was like, no, 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 hold up. I think he was not about it. I think he was like, Terry, this isn't what Terry wants. This isn't what the pandas want. Are we going to free these pandas? Hey, Arnold style? I don't know if they'd come with us. They probably wouldn't even leave the cage. We did also get to go see the lions, which is fantastic. The camels, love camels. And they've got the giraffes in this area where I didn't even think it was a real giraffe. And there's a lot of people out there who are of the belief that giraffes are not real. That they are a fabricated animal to keep people 
you know, interested in wildlife, but I saw that giraffe. It was right in front of my face. It was real as shit. But I think the aardvark was closest to my spirit because that aardvark was just laying under a heat lamp, belly up, arms just in the air. And I was like, that's all I would do. I would lay in my heat lamp. It's like a sauna for aardvarks. So sick. Uh, the one room, I said, BK, be careful walking into this room. He's like, what's in the room? And I was like, just be careful. They got this one room, and I took a picture with it as the roach queen, uh, that is just full of hissing cockroaches. Like, what? It's a half-dome room, so it's like a half-circle. You walk into the circle, it is. there's like a million hissing cockroaches in this thing. And you don't notice it at first, and you walk in, they're everywhere. Now, Peter, you're making this strong face right now. I'm a big zoo uh, cockroach guy. I love the the zoo cockroaches. And I have a cockroach tattooed on me for that reason. They live no matter what. And they keep breeding no matter what. So they will never run out of cockroaches here. And I hope that they honor their legacy. They may not be the lions or the tigers or the bears, oh my. But they're very intense. And they've been here longer than all of us. And they used to be much bigger. I'm reading this wonderful uh, pro-drug book right now. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about in the section I read today that uh, they're talking about like where marijuana, like the actual term came from, because it's not like the scientific classification for weed. And they're they referenced this poem that's about a group of cockroaches that don't have any weed to smoke. And that's where the term uh, roach for the end of a joint oh. comes from. It's about these cockroaches that couldn't get stoned. La cucaracha. <clears throat> La cucaracha needs his marijuana. I wanted to get an iguana as a pet just so I could name it Mayor Iguana. And then I could say with a sweet accent, this is my iguana, marijuana. You know? Is that, is that cool? <laughs> kind of. I never got the iguana. That's, I don't know. People that have uh, reptiles as pets. Like I, like, I love reptiles. I love snakes. Yeah. Snakes are my spirit animal. You don't need one all the time. I don't need one all the time. You have a snake terrarium that you could have a snake in, but you have a pet cloud in there, which I think <laughs> is true. even more fascinating. A little easier to keep care of. Peter's pet cloud. You should sell pet clouds. I think it would be over. I've actually thought about just upending everything and selling pet clouds. Or becoming a cloud. I think I kind of already am. Yeah, floating. I also have pet aliens, and those kind of, you know, take up a little bit too much those space. Those take up a lot of brain space. That's that's the intensity <laughs> there. We saw the lions at the end. The lions are beautiful. They have female lions. I didn't see any male lions. I almost got eaten by a female lion when I was a child. This is the beauty of you growing up in Africa. It's like, I'm like, ooh, look, the lion. It's safe in a cage. And you're yeah, like, Yeah, you talk about lion. giraffes not existing. I go, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> okay, that's what they told you, right, Peter? That's what they told you about giraffes. Have you ever seen them fight? No, but don't they hit their necks? Yes, I read it's about brutal. It. Oh, no. What do they got those little Marvin the Martian things on their heads? Are you like the... I don't know. Uh, they got cool horns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like little booble horns or something. I think those are just ears. No, they got ears and booble horns. They got them little, they're like little antenna horns. We'll look at this later. Either way. I took a picture with the lion statue. I felt the sun. I took in the sun. My God is the Those are the sun. robotic giraffes. That they, see? <laughs> those are the ones with handles on them. But I also thought about the giraffe too, and I said, I think we've been trying to put the saddle too high on a giraffe. I think it's got to be a low saddle right on the butt with a little back layback because I don't think you need to be riding up on its neck. Let it walk forward. Don't ride giraffes. I don't know what I'm talking about. We went to freelance wrestling after this. Chicago's very own. Sold out again on the return of Effie, which felt exciting. And we had a pretty sweet match. It was the Rumble. So they had a 30-person Rumble that I got to see my good friend Colt Cabana come in. And that's the second weekend in a row I've gotten to see AEW superstar Colt Cabana. Very cool. He came in as the Chicago Brawler because he was playing the Brooklyn Brawler on the Young Rock series, which we talked about. I thought it was creative, but I was teaming up not with Allison Catch, but with Shaza McKenzie. And Shaza McKenzie is from Australia. And so in my creative mind, and no one but myself really understood what I was saying, when Allie and myself are a team, we are bussy. So I said, well, what? She also has pink hair. She's also a violent woman. Let's, let's do a little bit of a simile here against GPA and Lainey Luck. Instead of being bussy, we're going to be bunt. Which is, it's short for butt cunt. Because the Australian people love saying cunt. 
And Americans don't like it as much. They get really... We're the only country that doesn't like that word. Everybody else. But, you know, I'll say this, though, it's Peter. It's a term of endearment and an aggressive term as well. It is. A, it's an aggressive term of endearment. And it goes back to that sort of, like, German-sounding words are more aggressive as cuss words. Like, fuck, cunt. You know, bitch is a little soft. It's like, bitch. Do you know where the word comes from? Where? It's uh, sailor caps. Like okay. Like the ones when they're on leave. <laughs> They, it looks like a vagina. Yeah. And those are called cunt caps. Uh, if only those sailor boys ever did look at a vagina when they're on leave. I'm pretty sure those hats are the <laughs> the only ones they've ever seen. Oh, boy. Well, they've seen plenty of bunts. Uh, so Shazza and myself are bunt. And people were like, but? Bunt cake? And I was like, Shazza, whether they get it or not, it is it is good for us to know that we are changing the landscape of tag team names and we will forever be known as bunt she has to go back to australia after this weekend in las vegas i'm sad to lose her she's been here for a few months wrestled in 22 states since she's been here from australia but sadly through nefarious tactics they did defeat us at freelance wrestling i was very sad about this now i after this match and this is where people are like we love you, Effie. It's so good. Can you please start being a little careful? And I say no, because I finished and left the freelance auditorium, the Logan Square Auditorium, at 12.30 a.m. after doing meet and greets and uh, smoke and greets, and my flight boarded at 4.30 a.m. So between those times, I ate some Mexican food, I sat on the couch a minute, and then my ass got in the Uber and went to the airport because I had to go to Los Angeles, Californians to defend my tag team championships. Two tag team matches in a weekend. I had already lost one. I feel very bad about this, but I didn't have my regular partner there, so I can't sweat too much because I get to keep the belts. Getting to Los Angeles from Chicago should be a little easier. We're a little closer, but when I got on the plane, I was uh, I found myself not in the best seat position, which this is the only sleep time I have, Peter. The only time I have to sleep is on this plane. It's four hours. It's not the most fun. And I just put on the headphones, kept my arms tight and sat in the middle and landed in LA as soon as I got on that plane. And I feel good about it because these people, I'm very polite at first, but once I fall asleep, I sort of expand outward and they won't say anything because people don't like, uh, they don't like confrontation most of the time. And if they do like confrontation and they're usually not that good at it because you can keep a calmness to yourself that will only make them more pissed off. And then you turn the scales and get them kicked off the plane. That didn't have to happen today, but I did get my comfort eventually on that plane landing in LA though at seven in the morning, it's kind of its own nightmare because there's nothing to do. I can't check into the hotel room yet. I can't, uh, go anywhere really because nothing's really open so luckily a few of us had the early flights into LA and we found a beautiful chatting smoke circle between myself and Emil J and Kevin Gill and the incomparable Ninja Mac now Ninja Mac's been in Japan and Ninja Mac is someone that I think in certain ways uh people are frustrated at the success of Ninja Mac because Ninja Mac does this thing where he says something and then 100% of the time it happens so he'll be like, hey, Effie, I'm going to go double my money in a casino in 10 minutes. And 10 minutes later, he's doubled his money. Hey, I think I'm going to go fight in Japan and be a big star in Noah. 10 seconds later, he's getting to sign a contract for Noah and he's returning in July and he just came back from Japan. He wrestled in Germany this year. He wrestled in Mexico this year. Ninja Mac is, uh, I don't want to say he reads the secret and takes it seriously, but there's something about think it, do it that Ninja Mac has found the secret to and it's magic to watch because you'll hear him say certain things that sound completely fucking absurd and you're like, but I can't doubt Ninja Mac because it's probably going to happen. My room was the first room that they let everybody into early and my room became that room and it usually becomes that room a lot of the time. So as soon as we actually got checked in, uh, everybody started showing up. We had AJ Gray there. We had Ninja Mac. We had, I'm trying, there were so many people in my room that it was just, it was out of control. But eventually, we've got to get to the show. We've got to show the people of LA what Bussy is all about. Bussy is over in LA. And I think it helps that 
part of the crowd in LA is like hardcore wrestling fans. Then part of the crowd in LA is like, we're just from LA. So like the, the wrestling fans know us, but the people that are just from LA are like, what is going on? This is very intense and gay. And that's beautiful. But we didn't get to be that gay because we had to fight uh, the South Pacific Savages, their name, not mine. And it's made up of kind of a revolving door of people. It's been Fatu, it's been Journey Fatu, it's been Juicy Finale, and tonight was Juicy Finale and Tully Blanchard's new uh, uh, manage, management squad, Toa Leona. And I had never been in the ring with Toa Leona. Both these dudes, strong as hell. And in the end, Bussy did come away with a victory. But I had to pile drive Allison on top of Juicy Finale to get the victory. And it's not nice to try to use your opponent's head and neck to crush someone. But I talked to her afterwards and I was like, listen, honey, it's going to be okay. We have the belt still and you're a tough broad. You can handle this. Uh, We're fine. Bussy is fine. Now, I do have to mention we are not defending the championships at all this weekend in Las Vegas. And that's because I don't trust either of us in Las Vegas to fully (laughs) be on board for winning a match. I'm trying my best. It's going to be good. We're going to go over the matches here in a second. But with uh with both of us on Vegas spirit that is it's it's questionable and so we've asked not to defend those championships because once again Peter I want to make sure I'm saying this right we won the belts one two, I think we've had five defenses of the belts six matches total with the belts which is uh double the amount now that John Moxley has had with the main belt and I've said there's a reason my belt is bigger than his even though it's a tag team belt and it's because this is the belt that is holding us and taking us to the next dimension. Shout out John Moxley. When you feel like defending that belt, come let me know. I don't even care if it's against me. Go defend it against Jordan Oliver. His win uh, record is better than mine, but the people are demanding it. Eventually, we will get to it. Usually, after an LA show, Peter, I have to run. You know, I've had this conversation with you a few times of like, oh, there's a red eye, or oh, it's a super early flight, or oh, it's this. I said, no, no, no. I'm leaving Sunday night. I'm hanging out with the people, and... I've got to say this, though, about the show, and this is me apologizing uh, to everyone, including Joey Janela, even though he told me not to apologize. I was talking to Drew Parker and Joey Janela before their match, and I said, are y'all doing any fire? And he said, no, but we could. And I said, they definitely got lighter fluid here if y'all want to do a fire spot. So Joey Janela lit his foot on fire with lighter fluid and kicked Drew Parker in the face with it, but then his foot remained on fire, and it's not my fault that his foot stayed on fire or that they did fire at all, but they definitely weren't going to do fire in the match before I was like, y'all going to do some fire? And then everybody online was like, oh, Joey lit his foot on fire. He's an idiot. Really, he's not an idiot. He's taking risks for entertainment and violence that other people aren't willing to take, but I did sort of convince him to do the fire, and I feel bad because his foot on fire was everywhere, a lot of headlines. Uh, sorry, Joe. Hope your foot's okay. And to the people who are trying to make fun of someone who lit their foot on fire in a ring, yeah, well, look at your life. Look around you objectively right now. Look at look at where you live. Look at what you do. Read me off what you did for the last month, and then you can come talk about Joey Janela and how he's so stupid for lighting his foot on fire. I thought it was sick. I didn't even think it was that big of a deal that his foot stayed on fire. I thought it kind of added to it. But also, don't pour water on a liquid fire wrap it in fabric so that it loses oxygen. That's what I'm going to say. I was not paying enough attention at that time. Uh, shout out Sydney Schultz of Noveria Management. They are helping me with meet and greets, helping me get set up for signings. And we'll be there this Sunday at the meet and greet uh, for Bussy at the toy store in Las Vegas. I'll be tweeting that out. Uh, Sydney was there in LA and helped me and Allie get our merch together. That was the smoothest our merch has ever run. We were together. She did transactions, then took pictures of us. Incredible. I need one of those at every single place. I am so slow. I'm the slowest man of all time. Please help me. Please, God. If you're not booked on a show and you're helping out, you can come to me and I will probably pay you more than anyone else there to just help me do merch. Sydney, God bless you. Incredible. Sorry I ran out of there afterwards. Sometimes I get scatterbrained and I just start leaving and then I forget what I'm doing. But helped out a lot. We will have new merch this weekend in Las Vegas, including the tray I just showed you, Peter. Now you've seen the the trays before. These are kind of an upgrade. These are even, they're a little more artsy. I don't know. I love them. Uh, They're definitely for rolling weed though, because we won't get into the details. Now, LA, the second day. This is a a beautiful LA day where we get to actually take in LA. So I slept in, beautiful. And then myself, the ratty daddy Cole Radrick, 
Drew Parker from England, Joey Janela. Who else was with us? We had other people with us too. I feel bad. Jimmy, Jimmy Lloyd was with us. Hell yeah, Jimmy Lloyd was with us. That may have been all of us. We decided to go down to the beach and the weather was not, it was warmer in Chicago when we went to the zoo, but we said, we've got to go down to the beach. We went down to Hermosa beach because I love it because it's got a beautiful view of the uh, water treatment plant. And so not as many people go down there. It's usually a little more chill. And Joey Janelle has been on this kick of eating lobster, which I think is beautiful. Like I love the concept of Joey Janela being a little lobster boy, and it is a it is a food for the luxurious people. Even though it used to be a staple prison food back in the day, but we picked a nice little fish restaurant, and we ate fancy. The boys went out. The boys ate fancy, and we all had lo- I had a lobster mac and cheese. I had a ceviche. We had, there were lobster rolls on the table, lobster bisque on the table, shrimp cocktails, oysters. As we look upon the Pacific Ocean at Hermosa Beach, as we take in all of our uh, accomplishments of the week, we just got to watch the sun kind of start to settle and take itself in. My flight was not until later in the night, so we got to just sit at the beach. We took in the salt. There's something very recharging. There's something very refreshing about being down at the beach, about being next to the salt, seeing the people come, seeing the puppies play in the sand, seeing the dolphins, you know, along the shore. I don't know if there were dolphins. There may not have been any dolphins, but in my head, there were dolphins and it was beautiful. And we spent the rest of the night enjoying each other's company, telling stories of the road. And then what did I do? I got back on that plane, Peter, right at 11.30 p.m. And I got back to Atlanta by seven in the morning And what's beautiful about where we live now is I used to be able to walk home from the MARTA station, but I'm a lot closer of a walk home. I go right through a beautiful residential neighborhood. We we get to see all the rich houses around our condo, and it's only a 13-minute walk. So, And that's me doing things leisurely, strollingly. And after that long day, it was beautiful to be back in Atlanta. Now, granted, I did sleep all day after this, which I think is fine, and I think knowing knowing where my moments of rest are and knowing that they are not the same moments of rest as those around me, uh, I have to take them when I'm tired and I have to go for it when I'm tired. And this weekend made me tired. And I have a feeling that next weekend is going to make me way more tired. It is, it's Wednesday now. We're recording on a Wednesday. Pretty typical for us. Yeah. But once again, I'm going to be landing in Las Vegas tomorrow by 8, 10 p.m. And it's going to be uh, go for the gold. I think I'm going to go see the Violence and Suffering show. A lot of cool matches on there. Drew Parker, Erez in a death match. Psycho Clown versus Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, Kevin Blackwood versus Jimmy Jacobs. So I might be hanging around that show. Give me $20. And then Friday, the mayhem begins. I'm going to be staying mostly down by Fremont. I'm a person who's been to Las Vegas a lot of times in my life. I think we've even talked on here about like one of my favorite parts of Las Vegas is looking around and seeing other people's lives peak. And I don't think that's a sad thing. Like you're kind of going like, this guy's going to talk about this trip for the next 20 years. And that's awesome. And we all have different lives. But for me, Las Vegas has become business. And so I know if it's business, I better stay down at Fremont Street and not on the strip. Because if I get caught gambling, I'm at least playing $5 tables and not $25 tables. Uh, It's a little bit easier to keep some of your money. Uh, Now, a little plug here. I will have the rolling trays this weekend, the Wrestling is Gay rolling trays. I will have the black Wrestling is Gay bear luchador shirts. And I will have the electric fantastic fuck you shirts. Hopefully, Sydney will be helping me out the whole way. I'll have 8x10s as well. I just picked some of those up. Please come meet Effie. Please give me money or just give me a hug. I don't care. That's, uh, that's another type of currency. That's a friendship currency. And a lot of people out there... I think they hesitate to come up to the table because they're like, oh, I'm not buying anything today. But if you've already been buying merch, if you've already taken care of Effie in the past, if you've supported Effie for a while, you don't have to buy something every time you come talk to me. But let the people who are going to give me money do it first. I'll be there all night. You can always find me. I'm never hidden. But let them people hand me money. Please, let them hand me money. And then we can talk all night. But we can't talk, and then they get sad, and then they walk away because they were like, man, we're never going to get a chance to meet him. He just talks so long because I do talk so long. And uh, that's okay. What do you think, Peter? You think we're on the right track? I think so. The energies were very strong this weekend. It was, there were a lot of coinkadinks, as we say. There were a lot of noticings of the times. There were rehashes of my past, visiting my birthplace, 
all accidentally and all unexpectedly. I'm very excited for this Netflix cartoon to come out. Uh, I'm very excited because obviously the people who know me see the name at the bottom and they're like, oh my God, this is sick. But for me, as we expand further and as we have new people find out about me, I think it's going to be even more sick, especially once we get the character renders and people get to see this. There's, I just wanted to do the voice right now and I'm not going to do the voice. I did have to say this. Um, one of the first band meet and greets I ever did was Fall Out Boy. And me and my friend Joey Thompson, who is a comedian and filmmaker, we lived across the street from each other. And we had to go and come up with fake lyrics to a Fall Out Boy song. And of course, we did extremely well. We won. We got to do... <laughs> I mean, no one knows what their actual lyrics are right, anyway. Right. <laughs> right. So just, you can say whatever you want. It works. We ended up getting to meet the band. There's a picture out there that I'm going to try to find of us with Fall Out Boy where... Peter, I should have known that I could be a wrestler then because they all look, they look like uh, Keebler elves next to, next to me. I'm a giant. There's a secondary picture of me with Pete Wins where I look even larger. I showed somebody the picture of me and Adam Cole the other day, and they were like, y'all are both six foot, baby. And I was like, uh, we'll just go with that. I, I like figuring out how big I am, but I read the last paragraph of this, and one of my new co-stars in this show is not... Uh, is it's Patrick Stump of Fall Out Boy. It's the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. And I'm incredibly excited to wow. be able to say that. I was excited because it also features such cast members as uh, Emily Osmond, who is Haley Joel Osmond's sister, a, a renowned actress in her own right. Uh, but it also features someone named Alex Brightman, who he played Beetlejuice in the Broadway, which like oh, that's beautiful. how a lot of people are knowing him. He played Beetlejuice. It's incredible. But my favorite thing he did, if you've ever watched the documentary now series, I believe in, <laughs> yes. in season three uh, at the co-op. Uh, have you seen the co-op, uh, co-op original soundtrack? I believe so. Where he sings. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I did a little cocaine tonight. And now I've been holding it in so long. Alex Bryman, my sweet co-star who plays uh, Pugsley. Pugsley, maybe? I don't want to get the characters wrong on a show I'm on. I'm so excited to talk to you about Co-op, the recording. It's my favorite 30-minute show I've ever seen. John Mulaney has such incredible lines in there. And Alex Brightman with, uh, I'm sorry, but I did a little cocaine tonight. Very excited. It is a kid's show that we're on together, but it is a beautiful uh, LGBTQ2I spirit plus celebration and I, it has characters that are trans it has characters that are uh pansexual and gay and it has characters who are neurodivergent as well and so i think we're we're a part of a show that's going to hit a lot of cool important points it's going to bring a lot of beauty to the children but mainly it's going to piss off republicans peter and i just can't wait for them to find out that uh electric fantastic fuck you of tag team bussy is on the children's show running around in fishnets lighting children on fire with cigarettes billy starks i'm gonna beat your ass this weekend this weekend i'm fighting a 17 year old girl i'm fighting a very large powerhouse named uh named uh, r3 cassis at versus pro i'm fighting dan the dad again which if you think you know what to expect with that match you're a fool because it's going to be completely wild and outlandish and then i'm going to live in my goth boy fantasy i'm fighting kevin blackwood and kevin blackwood has a lot of really intense pure rules matches you know he does all kinds of moves suflex suplex two tiger driver power bomb (laughs) if you don't give a shit about your moves if you don't care what moves you do, guess what, Kevin Blackwood? What body part is Effie working? He's working your mind. So get ready, goth boy, because we're having a Vegas wedding, and I'm going to confuse the shit out of you, dude. Vegas, Peter. Are you excited to hear what happens in Vegas? Your Vegas stories are always the most ridiculous. They are ridiculous because we go out and we go in search of the interesting things. And uh, hopefully, I was invited to a super like new age museum-y optical illusion place by Joey and uh, Jimmy Lloyd. And I hope that works out as well. What's it but called? I don't know. They showed me. I forgot. Is it like Meow Wolf or something like that? It's Meow Wolf. Okay. Yes. Jealous. Yes. So I you should know, definitely you know make who, the time. Who put money behind that? No. Weirdly enough, uh, George R.R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones. God damn, let's go, George R.R. R. Martin. part of why he's not been finishing those fucking books up. Is because he's tired he's... of history. He's in the future now, man. <laughs> oh, no. Game of Thrones is going to time travel to the future, y'all. 
predicting it here. They're going to find the time travel machine. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin, he did the right thing, dude. Look how rich that guy is, and he never even had to finish the book. He's like, I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, he's a Taurus, so very slow. Okay, well, we're all a little slow, especially well, in this season. Your Mercury's in Taurus, so you can just equate that. <laughs> That's true. Now, next week uh, is our last episode before I turn 32 in mortal years. So let's make the most of it. It's my last week of 31. 31's been very good, but Peter, I have to tell you, 31 has been a uh, workhorse keep it to yourself here. And people are like, Effie, you've been everywhere. How's it a workhorse keep it to yourself here? 32 is about to fuck y'all up. I am finally the sharpest knife I've ever been. And we are fully unleashed, Peter. And we are about to go on a fucking journey. Are you ready for that? I am ready for that. <sighs> Fired up. I I also know what your chart looks like, and all of this is accurate. Yeah, I'm not even going off the chart. I'm going off my gut. I'm going off my feelings. It's going to get rowdy, people. So buckle in, because I can't even imagine where we're going from here. But it's going to be a fucking mess. Okay, we have questions. (laughs) Oh, shit. We have questions. I'm not used to it. Hey, first off... If you want to sponsor us, weekend at effies at gmail.com. If you don't want to sponsor us, I'm going to start putting fake sponsors in here and you're going to think we're more over than we are. So just get ready for that. But if you want to just ask questions, it also is an easy way to do it. Weekend at effies at gmail.com. Peter will get the questions and then we'll answer them. And you can ask questions about literally anything. I know we got a lot about wrestling, but you can really ask about whatever you want to ask. Yeah, we have a pretty wide open uh, knowledge of things, I think, and we're willing to get into anything with you. And speaking of getting into anything, I did get a question a few weeks back that we just did not have time for, and I think people really like these longer episodes. That's one of the things that I've noticed is our longer ones tend to get the most lessons, which is just the weird counterintuitive thing about podcasts. They, is it. they just like want to hang out for much, much longer. Well, hang out with us. I've, I've, uh, I have found my guide to be longer in these episodes, so I think we're going to be much longer in the future. So what? one of the questions that I got was, okay, what's this, the aliens that you keep talking about? Like, what is this thing? What is going on with this? So I just wanted to quickly tell the story of how I met the aliens and how they're in my life and everything. So um, I've been a photographer for like 13, 14 years at this point. And not like, oh, I take pictures of flowers, like a professional photographer. Right. I went to advertising school. I'm in the, I assist for a lot of advertising commercial photographers. That's where like a lot of my work was. Did a little stint in the wedding industry. Not your favorite. (laughs) Not a fan of that. Uh, And so I don't know. Also with... um, the other part of my life, which is a lot of weirdo spirituality kind of stuff that has sort of shown up in my life uninvited, and I now have to like kind of reconcile with that. Yeah. That is also how the aliens showed up in my world. So, uh, you know, shooting weddings on the weekend, I would come home super late at night from just driving these bumfuck nowhere, you know, Trump supporter towns. Plantations, just say yeah. Oh, plantations. Plantations. 100%. <laughs> Uh, so one night I came home and Lucy, who is actually very, very chill, she's kind of more like a cat than she really is a dog. And she's just like losing her mind completely. So I walk into the apartment and I can already tell that, you know, I like the glowy lights. Like as soon as they started switching over to the programmable LEDs, I bought as many (laughs) of them as I could. And so, you know, weird glowy lights, not really that strange. It doesn't throw you off. No, it doesn't. So I walk in and there is just this incomprehensible HP Lovecraft style light emanating out of the apartment. And this is what Lucy is very, very upset about. Yes. And I do the only thing that I can and I take a, I take a photo of it and it disappears like that. As soon as you take an image of this thing, it's out of here. Exactly, exactly. And so over the course of the next several months, I start noticing more and more and more of them as they just keep appearing and I keep taking photos, keep taking photos. And I start to realize these things aren't going anywhere. And as the world gets weirder and weirder, as we know, we go into the pandemic and everything and, you know, we were only locked in for like a month. Georgia, (laughs) a weird state, I got to tell you. Uh, And 
so and then you know a massive amount of synchronicities around the whole thing and so i do the only thing that i can i just have to document them as much as possible and yeah so, without disturbing them though you want to just get the documentation i don't know if they're nice i don't know if they're evil they don't seem to be either one of the two it's just almost like a chaotic neutral kind of deal with the whole thing and so i've started naming them i've started documenting every time that they appear uh, taking photos of a very annoyed Lucy with the aliens. Yeah, she does not like being in the room with them, but she'll do it. Very she, stoic in the face. <laughs> she's not a fan, though. I can just go ahead and tell you that. Not a fan. Uh, there's a very a tail tucked between... If you notice the photos of her sometimes, you can tell she's not particularly stoked to <laughs> she's be... She's going, what am I doing exactly. with these aliens? Oh, um, so uh, real quickly, the the name that I came up with was LSD Low Sky Dance, which is a play off of my last name. My last name is Kozlowski. I removed the first three letters, and there there seems to be a largely symbolic element to the whole thing, and so. The official name of the project is LSD Lauren, and that Lauren is an acronym, and it stands for Light Active Unity Rendered Energy Nodes, because that's the closest wow. thing that I can come to sort of pinpointing what this really because as far as i can tell no one else has had light aliens appear in their apartment so this seems to be that they're coming directly to you for some sort of communication exactly exactly and, and i'm open to communication and since you've documented them they have come at a at a higher pace to you it seems a hundred percent as soon as i started engaging they started engaging back now, has there been any further communication any mental communication or is this something that you're having to figure out uh, through just this uh, channel of light and energy. You know, if they have something for me, they'll reveal it. And I think, you know, there could be something in the future. But for the most part, it's just an infestation. Like, they might as well be cockroaches running around. I prefer that it's not cockroaches. Yeah. As um, uh, I guess not for you, because you seem I to love be a them. Fan. <laughs> I love the roaches. Uh, but you've even, you came over one time and we got to take a photo. Yes. And it transformed you completely. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a very different look at myself. And so I almost wonder if we can work in conjunction with these, with these Laurens, I'll say, to to find new parts of ourselves, and maybe they're here to help us discover something. And I mean, we are waiting for that next wave of human transhuman evolution. So, you know, I'd like to reveal, you know, my bionic form eventually. And I think I'm being hopeful about it, but this is a, at least a step to be near their presence, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Speaking of transformative, related universal type things yeah. this perfectly leads into our next current actual question well hold up tell them the etsy again if they okay. want to the help etsy is etsy slash shop slash low sky dance it is on my twitter which is at low sky dance that is on my instagram which is also low sky dance and i do have a largely inactive but will be more active tiktok if you want to hop on there as well tiktok uh, and that is also Low Sky Dance, L-O-W-S-K-Y-D-A-N-C-E. You'll find him. Uh, okay, this question is from Mark. Dear Effie and Peter, continue to love the podcast and the stories you both share. Today, I have a question for you both. Uh, I'm going to ask yours first All because right. the one for me is a little intense. Okay, good. Uh, Effie, with the world opening back up, if you could fly to any country tomorrow, which would you pick and why? Any country tomorrow. Now, mind you, this gentleman is from Australia. Okay. So they are an international. I don't know if that factors into your answer at all. No, no, no. I, I don't know if it does because the first one that came to mind was like Romania because I want to go see some weird castles. I've been really craving some old ass castles. I want to see old castles. But secondarily for my career, I think I would probably go to Vietnam or Thailand because I think there's an enormous uh, room for growth there in the professional wrestling market. I think uh, China's had some professional wrestling. Japan has, has a lot more professional wrestling. Korea has a little bit, but what I have seen out of the Southeast Asia area in the Vietnamese areas or Malaysia or Singapore or Thailand is this really intense fusion wrestling that 
brings all of their martial arts in. It brings the playfulness of the American wrestling. It brings the strong style of the Japanese wrestling, some of the showmanship of that Lucha Libre. And it's just sort of this perfect mix of every style of wrestling. And I think we could expand it even more there. Because obviously expats who live there go to a lot of these shows. They know about pro wrestling. But expanding that to a bigger audience there, I think, is something that could easily be done. And uh, I would like to do it. So personally, I just want to go see castles in Romania and maybe get turned into a vampire. And then uh, professionally, South Asia, for sure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That whole area of the world is super interesting. And I think super, un, like, we sort of put it in a different realm. And like, oh, it's weird over there. But, like, they know what they're doing. They know 100%. everything. And they go, a lot of these cultures go back so much further than any, you know, white normalcy that we're used to. And they would think is weird because they've done things different for thousands of years. I love it. But plus you would get the, I mean, there's so many like massive Buddhist statues and temples over there. You could do a completely different kind of castle. Oh yeah. I want a gold castle, baby. Okay. Peter, with all the madness that's gone on in the world over the past two to three years with COVID, now the events overseas, is there a strange alignment in the planets that is contributing to this? Or is this simply a time that the Earth is going through where we'll eventually come back to something more stable? Thank God someone's asking it. Let's go, Peter. <laughs> they may or may not like. So the answer is yes to both. Uh, we are currently in a cycle that, say, one of the last times that this happened was the 60s. And it was basically over the course of about 60 to 70 and all the, you know, the free love movement, all the hippie, everything going on, all the civil rights stuff that was happening, and then dealing with the repercussions of that over the 70s. And basically, the in astrology, the inner planets, that's everything all the way up to Saturn, is considered more, they're called transpersonal. Um, and... They tend to, excuse me, they're not, the outer planets are transpersonal. These are more personal planets. And so you can use that stuff for, basic, that's basically everything in the known universe. That like Saturn is the absolute rules of the world that we, and it's the boundary. It's the walls of the castle that we all live in on this globe. And then Neptune, Uranus. And Uranus was actually going to be named George, like after King George, which okay. I think would have been wonderful if we had a planet named George. Uh, and then it was also the other option was George. Herschel. Okay, Her <laughs> Herschel and George, not as fun as Uranus, but pretty fun. Uh, yeah, definitely not as fun as Uranus or Uranus, <laughs> however it is that you want to say it. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know how I'm going to say uh, it. And then Pluto, which I know some people don't consider to be a planet, but um, it is actually quite prominent as far as the effects that Pluto has. And so what we're dealing with right now is uh, Pluto and Uranus exchanging signs off of each other. And so you can basically look as Neptune is like fogginess. It's almost like you take the LSD and you're gearing up for the trip to, to happen. And then Uranus is the big like gates are open, revelatory. You know, you're really seeing everything for what it is. And then you get to Pluto and that's where you go, fuck, I took too much LSD and this is a lot to handle right now. <laughs> so those two tend to bring the largest amount of like transformative global change both on like a physical level and on a spiritual level as well we use them when looking at someone's natal chart to describe like a generation so each plant each of those planets as they're in certain signs mark a generation we're in the um i believe capricorn generation and uh yes capricorn generation and so essentially those planets are leaving capricorn and they're headed into aquarius and so they're exchanging signs off of each other and both Capricorn and Aquarius are Saturn-ruled planets, and so those are like the rules of our society. Uh, Capricorn is, this is what's established. Aquarius is, this is what's coming next. And so essentially till about 2026, we are dealing with all the change that's happened over the past decade, 
and then integrating that into society. So we have both really good stuff that's happening, just as far as the fact that like everyone is waking up to what the universe actually is. Everyone's realizing gender is sort of an illusionary kind of thing, but we're also dealing with the people who don't like that essentially. So as the world is changing, everyone has to change with it. So it's both all this turmoil and a bunch of really good stuff as well. So I believe we're headed in a really good direction. It's just, you know, you have to crack a couple eggs to make an omelet. Fuck these eggs. I'm sick of them. Are the eggs boomers? Is that what yes. we're saying? Yeah, we got to crack the eggs. Uh, we're, we're tired. We're very tired of old people being in charge of things. Have you met somebody over the age of 80 and thought you should give them a powerful job? Because that's what America does every goddamn election. It's crazy. Just like, could we like, let's hire a farmhand to be the president, you know? I think we should go like every month we get a new president. It's like jury duty. Yeah. Just get selected. Fill them in. Rock them out. Now, as we enter summer, though, I'm just excited for the sunshine to come back out. My God is the sun, Peter. And I love being in the sun. I feel like a new human when I've been in the sun long enough. Are you a sun guy? Yeah. Or are you a moon guy? I'm, I'm well... My my moon is actually the sun placement. I have moon in Leo. So, so. <laughs> this is wild, Peter. We're learning so much here. We're going to be okay. I think that's what we're getting to. We're, we're going to be okay. It's going to be a little chaotic. It's going to be a mess for a while. The best advice I can give to anybody that's living in this time right now is don't pay attention to anything other than yourself. Like focus on the internal. That's what's going to make society better is if you work on yourself and become a better person and let everything fall apart. It's going to be fine. Uh, but really, the tend to the garden that you can touch and don't worry about, you know, the global forestry. Wow. You are only a tree. You don't have to be the whole forest. Exactly. Now pull this sap out of me. We're making syrup, Peter. 